Uh, I just want to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Rocky River United Methodist podcast. Um, and you probably already know that their topic today is going to be on family. Um, Paul and I are really excited to to share personal insights and stories and just what also the scripture says about family. And uh, for those of you who've been tuning in and um, listening to our podcast and have been edified and growing because of our podcast, we really want to personally thank you for listening. And um, again, Paul and I enjoy doing this and it's really helped grow and stretch our faith. And I hope it's growing and stretching your faith and um, also helping us distract from um, our current situation with the virus and just waiting for waiting for it to pass to be honest but um, so yeah we're gonna be digging into family um, I think we both have a lot of great things to share so I'm gonna open up with our questioning Paul and first question we're going to address is what role would God have in our families um, what role would God have our families play in our Christian faith how can our families um, strengthen our Christian faith. So those who are still listening, now that you found out that the topic is families and you're actually going to get advice uh, from from me, and I, I can't say the same for Stephen. He has a beautiful family. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but actually get advice uh, from, from me about family. Knowing my family, uh, totally kidding. Uh, but the question, once again, is uh, what role would God have our families play in our Christian faith? For me, it all starts with uh, looking at the fundamentals of, of our faith experience and the need for community, right? Um, at its very core, family is community, and family to me is the most fundamental level of community that God uh, desires for us to experience. We know that we're supposed to be close with a, a church, and we've heard sermon after sermon about how you can't you know, be a Christian on your own, you can't uh, be a Christian and uh, be you know fishing every Sunday morning or getting your hair done every Sunday morning and skipping out on church. You need people around you, and and I think we all, at least in, in our minds, understand and appreciate that. Uh, but this notion of family is uh, an even more important and, and more fundamental level of, of community uh, that so often gets taken for granted. Uh, God's love and our Christian faith are, are transmitted most effectively through relationship, right? So the more time we spend with somebody, the more experiences we share, memories we, we uh, share together, challenges we face, the more of you is going to start to rub off on me and the more of me is going to start to rub off on you. And that happens uh, with the, the time we spend with our church family. But of course, all the more uh, when it comes to the, the family, um, if if we do in fact have family members that live under the same house as, as us, uh, more it happens even more so um, within that context and, and it's almost foolproof i think um, god's design is for us to witness to and share and rub our faith off on those around us almost foolproof that if you are living a faithful christian life and, and living uh, as a person of love and and faith uh, that the people that you live alongside or the people you spend the most time with eventually will see some of that rub off on them and i think that's god's design for us uh, Psalm 127 speaks specifically to, to parents and the uh, role of a, a parent to a child, but says that children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in, in one's youth. Blessed is the one whose quiver is full of them. 
Uh, so our children, uh, looking at you know this particular piece of our family life, uh, our children or, or anyone that we spend a ton of, of time with, uh, essentially, we have the opportunity to rub off who we are on them, and they become, God says this is a blessing for us, like a, a heritage, or you might say a legacy uh, that we leave behind, and it's a, a privilege and a joy to have such an important role in the life of another person, to be the, the uh, primary source of the faith uh, that they're going to learn and grow into, uh, that they would glean that from us. Uh, so I think really that's what family is designed to be, this space where we, we encourage each other, we hold each other accountable. Um, for those that maybe are less uh, mature in their faith walk, we have an opportunity to pour into them, uh, but also to learn from everybody around us. Um, and I think at its best, that's what family is designed to be. Uh, in Scripture, it tells uh, children to obey their parents. You know, as parents, uh, you know, Stephen and I, I think, uh, at least can speak for ourselves here, uh, we're, we're really excited God put that passage in Scripture because every time our kids are misbehaving, we can say, you know, kids, uh, God says that you're supposed to obey us. And don't forget it. But uh, the, the point of that, that reference in Scripture over and over, I don't think is to make life easier on parents. I think it's to reinforce how important our roles are and basically how much pressure is on us as parents that we're spending every moment of every day creating mini-me's of ourselves that are going to go out and uh, live life through the lens uh, that we taught them to, to live it through. Um, and on the other side of that, God also in the Old Testament uh, spoke to how you know, poor decisions on uh, a parent or rebellion of a parent against God will then visit their children and their children's children to the third and, and fourth generation. So if we mess this up, if we mess family up, uh, the results can be disastrous. So it can be a blessing. It's intended to be something beautiful, uh, but no pressure. If we don't do it right, um, we can have a negative impact on the life of the people around us and even those that come after us to the third and, and fourth generation. Yeah, so I <clears throat> completely believe that um, going along with Paul, of course our family um, definitely plays a significant role in our Christian faith and um, and also, I want to be sensitive to that. Um, I know that not everyone is married and not everyone has kids, but I, everyone has grown up in some sort of family structure sort of influence. Even if you didn't grow up with your biological parents or you've been adopted, um, everyone has some sort of family structure, um, whether it was and everyone has broken families too. I don't want to say someone had a broken, I mean, we all have broken families. My family's broken, Paul's is broken. Um, and I think it's family that most reveals um, our hearts and most reveals our selfishness within each member of the family. So um, I think every family, whether there's two parents or one parent or no parents or siblings raising siblings, um, every family structure um, to a certain extent is broken. Um, but also, as I said earlier, every family um, in many ways reveals who you really are in some cases. Um, you know, it, it's, it's you behind closed doors. Um, I know some of us, when we go to church, you're tempted to show off how good you are. Or you're, um, even at work, you might be tempted to, to show off how, how good you are. And, and then it's at home where people really... Um, see the real you and they really see the person behind the curtain so to speak um, and that 
at home, it's, it's, it's really kind of a more genuine you. And I believe God uses our families to help us primarily to be, um, primarily to learn what it means to serve others. Um, and I think family is about letting your personal agenda go for the good of your family. Um, and and I, I don't, this isn't to say that you shouldn't have any personal goals or agenda, but I do think it's definitely um, what Jesus says, it's loving your neighbor as yourself, and it's um, and loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and, and, and it's doing that within a family structure. Um, I know for myself, I've um, been married a lot shorter than Paul has. Paul's been married for a long time, and he's got this down. I know for myself, when I first got married, the hardest thing was the transition from from you to us. So, you know, when you're first married, it's before you're married, it's all about you and what you want to do. And, and you don't see yourself as selfish or you don't see yourself as um, making it all about you until you get married and you realize your whole life has been all about you. And, uh, and marriage is about making um, your life all about us. And I, I think um, that definitely, I know for myself, really helped reveal a character, my character, to be honest. And then, of course, when you throw in kids in that, that obviously makes it even more challenging. Um, and every day, my kids um, can test my patience <laughs> and test, um, test my patience with them because it's, you know, it's, it can be really hard. How about you, you think of it this way? <laughs> um, when you marry two sinners, and then those two sinners have more sinners, then you have a household full of sinners, you know? Like, so what could go wrong? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we, that's, in, in a way, that's kind of how family is, and that's why I say every family is broken. Because every family, in a way, is we're all sinners um, in need of God's grace, in need of God's mercy. Um, yeah, I think the beautiful thing as you describe it like that, Stephen, is that family is like the what we're looking to accomplish through family happens organically. Like so many things in life, we go about that has so much uh, structure and and uh, step by step process of oh, I'm going to accomplish this task or that task. Or family is is solely about relationships, right? And it's about who I am, not of course who I am is the sum of my parts, the sum of my actions, but at, at its very core, it's who I am rubbing off on the people around me and, and vice versa. And I think there's something beautiful about that. And it's, there's something that's very fundamental about the Christian faith that, you know, is, is all about relationship, our relationship with God first and, and the people around us second. Um, but I think family is organic. It's like a microcosm of, of our entire faith experience lived out under one roof, you know, shared with these people that, you know, all of a sudden, like you said, uh, when you get married, um, are more important than you. You know, first you're, you're the second most important person in the world after you get married. All of a sudden you start popping out kids and you're the third and you're the fourth. And then you realize, why, why did I have so many kids? Because now I'm like the sixth most important person in the world but it's it's this organic um experience of pouring into one another which i think is exactly what god intends for us um and sometimes it's a struggle because we are sinners and we have bad days and we look around and we realize wow everybody in this house is broken in some way or another no wonder we struggle so much but there are some days when it's absolutely beautiful because we're, we're aligning what we do 
uh, with God's plan for us, and we get to see that, that organic transformation play out in front of us. And I think family, like in a family, is a perfect place to practice those Christian virtues, to practice forgiveness, practice mercy and patience, long-suffering, compassion, empathy. The family provides that, that perfect, really that perfect soil where we can practice our Christian faith. And to be honest, sometimes it's much harder to practice those Christian virtues with your family because they're so close to you and they, and they know you more intimately than anyone else does. And to practice those Christian virtues in within your family actually helps you practice those Christian virtues outside of your family even better. Coming back to something Stephen said a few minutes ago, uh, just to make sure we're connecting um, with everybody out there, that uh, you don't have to have uh, other people living under the same roof as you to, to be family. Um, and I, you know, I, would, I, I would be happy to rattle off, I wish I could rattle off the names of all the people in this church who prove that day in, day out, because they, uh, they have created family, family experience out of um, their brothers and sisters here in the church. And, um, you know, in some ways, maybe they feel like they, they're being deprived of um, a greater experience of family by not having, you know, other people under uh, in the same household as them. But um, to me, they have, in a very beautiful way, taken uh, family and made both their, their nuclear family and their experience of church family all in one uh, by coming alongside other people from the church and doing life together with them. And, and so they're their disciple Bible study class or their small group, right, or the, their uh, choir uh, friends and family become their experience of family and they spend time with them, not just once a week, but they're texting and calling and, and getting together outside of those uh, functions. So uh, family is, uh, is possible for all of us. That experience of family is available to all of us. Um, I think just need to be more intentional about it when it doesn't come ready packaged and, and placed uh, under your roof. You have to go out and seek it and create it um, uh, in the ways that so many around us already are. So question number two is this, uh, based off of uh, what we've already established, is the importance of family in our lives. What are the greatest threats to God's plan for Christian families uh, here in contemporary America? What are the greatest threats uh, to our families? Um. I think one of the greatest threats to family has been one of the greatest threats to family for has has always been a threat to family. When you look at the book of Joshua, and I know many have hear, heard this verse before um, in Joshua, the, the last I can't remember the last chapter of Joshua. I know it's verse fifteen, um, but and so a little bit of context. Um, Joshua, part of his goal was to conquer the promised land. And then at the end of the book, they conquer the promised land, but there are still within that land, there are still idols. And those idols threaten um, the people of Israel. And it's more specifically threaten the families of Israel. So that's where you come to the verse where Joshua says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So the Israelites, when they entered this promised land, 
they were tempted by the gods of the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites. And, and these gods were um, the threat to them, the threat to these idols, was that they would break up these families and, and this Israelite structure. So that's why G or Joshua is making this stance about that his family will serve the Lord. So I believe we still, um, in today's day and age, in contemporary America, face different idols um, that threaten our families. Um, because I, I believe the primary goal and primary focus of family is God. That God ought to be the center of the family. And also the family should work out the gospel. The gospel should be the driving force behind it all. And I, and, and I believe that gospel force, as I mentioned before, in the gospel we find forgiveness, we find grace, we find mercy, we find patience. But we also find truth, right? So we have the truth of Jesus Christ, that we are sinners, and that we still have the laws of God, but God gives us grace. And so you find all of that um, within the gospel, and when it comes to uh, making God the center of your family, you can fight off all those contemporary idols that we see um, within our culture. Yeah, I really, uh, with this question, I don't see the need to take us in any other direction than where Stephen has led us already. It's it's uh, the greatest threat clearly is idolatry or or you know today's language you might call it secularism. Uh, family is a sum of its parts, right? Uh, so the most important thing is for us as individuals to be uh, healthy in our faith walks, to be pure in our identities as as Christians and uh, children of God in this world and, and putting him first, putting our faith first. If one individual in a family is strayed from that, uh, then it, it brings the, the health of the family down. If, if another does, it brings it down more so. If the, uh, one of the leaders of a family uh, does so, then, then it puts the family even greater, uh, even at greater risk. Um, so I, I think the greatest threat is individuals and then the family as a whole falling into this this whole of uh, secularism, of, of idolatry. And, you know, we like to sit around and have these debates uh, where all we focus on is uh, what are the things that get in the way of, of us showing up for worship on Sunday morning? Like, oh, those, those youth hockey leagues are always scheduling their games on Sunday morning. And, and you know, it puts me in a, a situation where I got to make a decision whether to embarrass my kids or, or you know, make them. Uh, miss something, make them mad at me, and and so it's it's all uh, the fault of the, the leagues and all these activities, and uh, you know I think we can have those debates, and I think those conversations are helpful, but uh, I think they also detract from the the bigger question of of um, aside from those things, are we as family leaders modeling the Christian disciplines not just on Sunday morning, but day in and day out? Are we seeking the Lord? Are our kids seeing us seek the Lord? Are the, the people that we consider family, um, do they see us? Are we pouring into them, both directly and indirectly, uh, our own faith walk? So uh, do the people in, that you live with, uh, or the people you spend time with, do they see you studying your Bible? Do they, do they know when your da uh, daily designated prayer time is? Uh, do you do these things together as a, a family? Or as, uh, you know, maybe it's just two people, do you do them together? Joshua, in the passage Stephen quoted, he made the decision for his family, right? And there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was like, for me and my household, this is how things are, are going to be. 
And I think um, as leaders of our families nowadays, we're hesitant to take that stance because we're afraid of embarrassing our kids or, or upsetting one or two members of the family that might not get behind that. Um, but you know, dare I say, our families are not intended to be a democracy. We as Christian leaders, spiritual leaders of our families are, are uh, called to be bold and, and to pour into our families um, their identity. This isn't just things that they're supposed to be doing or habits they're supposed to be forming. Uh, we're supposed to help them understand who they are. And so this stuff has to be important in order to, to be successful. Um, I think Christian families need to come alongside other Christian families in order to do this. And this is where maybe the, the church level comes into play even more so. But um, I think like my family, um, there's a lot of things we don't do right. But you know, one thing I've, I'm uh, grateful for, we're part of a, a group in this church called Families in Action of a bunch of other Christian families who uh, have made it a priority to set aside time on a regular basis to get together and uh, model for our kids uh, service to other people and community and fellowship uh, and study. We, our family is a part of a, a weekly study group. Um, these are things we've made priorities. Um, some of the things I, I noticed that we don't do well um, in my own nuclear family, I, I don't sit down and have uh, study time with my kids as often as I would like to. Um, prayer to me sometimes feels rote and mechanical. We don't we don't actually spend time engaging what prayer is really all about. So, you know, you, you, you're always going to be healthy in some areas, not so in others, but the awareness of where you need to work is, is the most important piece. And uh, just to make it, for myself, just to make it, just to open up and be a little personal, kind of talk about the three challenges that I know my family faces. Um, and one of those challenges is communication. I know families must be able to communicate well in order to function well and I know for and that's when we first got married communication was huge and if you've gone through marriage counseling communications like a oh, three four day topic <laughs> so um, communication is everything um, and then also in our family we can um, struggle with the whole American individual individualistic culture you know it's America is the land of the individual so no, no organization, community, or group is more important than the individual. And that is like really ingrained into our thinking. Um, and it's difficult to have solid, a solid family when everyone thinks only for themselves or if they think of others, they think how helping, if they do think of others, they think about how that helping other people will help themselves. Um, so I, I know myself included, it can be really hard where you have the conflict of, um, you know you need to provide for your family and spend time with your kids and your wife and and then the challenge of finding time for yourself as well and again I think I believe that's important but it's when that when we find time for ourselves is more important than time with our family I think that's when the challenge comes uh, and then I think in a family is also about learning obedience now I know especially in America obedience is the word that we all don't like to hear because we're all about freedom uh, but I think you can find true freedom in obedience. I think obedience in a family is critical. Um, obedience between a husband and a wife, the obedience between children's and the children and parents. Um, there's a level of obedience that we all have towards each other. Um, and when you learn to obey um, and grow in obedience towards each other, you can have that freedom because you respect each other. 
Um, really, when Scripture speaks of obedience, it's not a negative word. Um, when we give ourselves to the Lord, when we obey Him, we flourish um, because God can now use us because we're no longer fighting against Him. We are, we are yielding ourselves to the Lord, and through that yielding to the Lord, we can grow um, because we're allowing Him to work in our lives. So we, we can't always see obedience as um, this dark and evil word, but obedience as as a positive way of growing and flourishing. Um, so I want to tackle this this last question. Um, and now, does Paul had anything to add to? Do you have anything to add to this? Go ahead, plow ahead. All right. On to three. There we go. Here's our third and final question. Um, what are the most important steps to ensuring a healthy experience of family in contemporary America? So what what steps um, can we take to ensure healthy? healthy family experience I think first step is having the right mindset uh, one of the things uh, Miss Quinn has shared with me because we, we do talk on occasion uh, she's the children's <laughs> director here at the church uh, happens to be my wife they talk but occasionally occasionally yeah. yes um, <laughs> and you know in this podcast about family <laughs> probably not the best joke but uh, nonetheless uh, you know, those who may be listening who have uh, kids that are part of the church's programming know that you know, right now she's uh, going house to house, dropping off materials for people to use to, to do um, Christian study and activities and such with uh, kids and parents in their own homes. And one of the things she shared with me is that she's been delighted to, to see how many uh, parents, whether it's with the materials she provides or, you know, some of them are going off on their own and doing their own thing, but uh, she's seen so much evidence of parents who are, are committed uh, to um, their children's spiritual development that are setting aside time, finding ways in, this, uh, in the midst of this pandemic to make sure that their kids are still in the Bible, that their kids are still uh, learning and growing and, and discussing topics of faith. Uh, and how encouraging that's been for her. I think that that points to the importance of this mindset that we as spiritual leaders of our families are responsible for the spiritual well-being of our family. We have great resources such as a, a church with pastors and youth leaders and children's ministry directors, uh, but we are responsible ultimately for the spiritual well-being of those under our care and those who have come alongside us in, in family. So I think step one is having uh, that mindset, embracing that mindset um, that we're not going to make excuses, we're not going to push responsibility off on others, um, but we, we see it as uh, our responsibility to take care of our own. And uh, I think as you start to look at how to accomplish this, maybe your family does not resemble uh, what we've described or what we've set the, the bar for. Uh, trying to achieve so far in this podcast. I think it's a step-by-step process, working your way uh, from the innermost circle on out. So the question number one is you as an individual, if you're going to be a healthy family, a healthy sum of the parts of that family, you as an individual first have to be healthy. So uh, are you using your time wisely? Uh, Are you putting priorities in place uh, to make sure that Jesus is is first in your life? Are Are you in a place where you're ready then to model that and uh, pour that into the lives of other people. Uh, so get yourself straightened out first. And then um, if you live in a, a home with other people, um, then it's identifying, okay, who is, who is going to be ready uh, to receive? 
what I have to offer and, and to buy into this notion of family. If I have kids, then my kids automatically become those people because it's my job uh, to make sure that that's the case. If I'm married and, and my spouse is on board with that, then let's uh, plow forward. If not, then I find other people, maybe even outside my home, and say, hey, I want to experience Christian family. <laughs> and can you be uh, the person that comes alongside me on that? And then you begin setting up intentional times uh, to... Uh, to be in discussion about faith and, and family and uh, to study the Word of God together, to pray together. You begin living it out, and um, you set those designated times aside because uh, I think you have to in our day and age. You have to set aside those times or it doesn't happen, and those times can't be expendable. You can't say, oh, you know, today is a nice day. Uh, I think I'd rather, you know, go uh, hiking and, and set aside that family time for another time. No, uh, that that time of, of intentional accountability, encouragement, coming alongside each other, doing life together and seeking the Lord together has to be a priority. Uh, it can't be expendable. Um, so you, you figure yourself out, you figure out who can come alongside me in this, and then you start making it a point uh, to live that out each and every day. Um, and I know for, um, as we come to closing and wrapping this up soon, I. I know I'm going to provide the Sunday school answer, but it, it really is very practical, but it's making God the center of your family. And I, and I completely agree with Paul. I think it first begins with you. And I, first, I think it first begins with myself, um, that what steps am I doing to change before I rush off to change every member of my family? And, uh, and then they turn back and look at me and they say, what are you doing? So I think it first begins with you. Um, and again, I, like I said, it, it's making God the center of your family. And it sounds like the Sunday school answer, but it's actually very practical. Because um, when you think about it, um, have, have you been listened to? Yes, we have been listened to because God listens to us. So that means that we also can listen to others. Have we been loved? Yes, you've been loved by God so that we can show that love to other people. Um, have we been forgiven? Yes, on the cross, Jesus has forgiven us, so that means we can show that forgiveness to other members of our family. Have we been shown compassion? Yes, by Jesus, we've been shown compassion. So that means because we've been shown compassion, we should show compassion to others. Have we been shown mercy and grace? Yes, we've been shown mercy and grace again through Jesus. So if you, so this is why the gospel, and, and really, to be honest, the relationship with Jesus Christ is so critical. Um, because I know for myself, when, when I think of the Lord and what he's done for me, and I think of the love he's poured onto me, I think of his forgiveness for my grave sins and, and his mercy um, and his grace to me, that changes me so that I can show that to my children. I can show that to my wife. Like I, I want to be that servant of the Lord who continues to serve others and exemplifies the Lord to his family members. And, and sometimes you don't always receive back um, what you give. I mean, you might show love to your, to your spouse or show love to your children, or if you don't have a family, showing love to your friends uh, or those close to you, and they may not show that love back or they may not forgive you back. But that's also what happens to the Lord. The Lord is pouring out his love and forgiveness to others, and some people still choose not to follow the Lord. Um, so I, I believe that we still show that and exemplify the Lord in our life. So I, I believe it's very, actually very practical to having uh, the gospel and having God the center of a family. 
Yeah, it's a process, right? I mean, yeah. none of us ever arrive <laughs> at, at yeah. this and say, oh, we've succeeded. We have yes. a perfect family. It's, it's a process. It takes great patience. It takes perseverance. Um, there's heartache along the way, and I know many of you are living that out right now. And uh, somebody that uh, maybe lives with you, a family member that you, you want to experience this with, but has uh, been rejecting that notion maybe for years. Uh, but have patience, have perseverance, seek it out in other places. Uh, if, you, if you can't find it and create it under your own uh, roof, and don't give up. That's the key. Don't give up. Uh, keep on pushing. God will pave a, a path for you to experience family, to build family somehow with somebody in your life. And uh, your job is to be on the lookout for those opportunities and to uh, be willing to commit. Go in head first. Um, I think one of our biggest issues is we, we hear all this stuff and we say, oh, those are great ideas. That's exactly what I need to do. And we want to we want to add those things to our lives. Uh, but we're always afraid to subtract. <laughs> our, our biggest struggle, I think, is is subtracting things out of our lives in order to make room for this stuff to, uh, to be exactly where it needs to be. Um, that's commitment, and I think that's a, a hindrance for a lot of people. They're not willing to subtract the things that are getting in the way of making this happen. So uh, be, be patient, uh, be committed, uh, be willing to, uh, to give up things that maybe you feel are, are good in your life in order to make space for something even better, and uh, don't give up on the process. And we're, we're happy, Stephen and I are available, happy to, to talk with you through these things. Um, and as always, another reminder to, to please be willing to put comments or questions in the, the field below um, where you're, you're uh, linking into the podcast here uh, so we can have these conversations as we go forward. So I think that's a wrap on the topic of families. Uh, we've, we've solved all the questions and problems <laughs> of family in uh, this short period of time. We thank you for listening in. And uh, we look forward to getting ready to, to uh, uh, take you on another journey next week as we delve into a new topic. Until then, uh, stay safe, stay strong, stay faithful, and uh, continue to uh, look for sources of joy and uh, opportunities for God's love to pour into you in the coming days. Uh, bless you, and uh, take care. Thank you all, and take care. And we really appreciate and love all the feedback. Thank you.